0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 24 of the Good Look Podcast, episode RIP to the GOAT, Kobe 2 4. I am your host, Leonard Pinkney, aka Agent P, aka L Pinkney, here to give you guys another episode. We're we'll right in the thick of this playoff basketball. It's been real fun to watch ups and downs, lefts and rights, literally turnovers here and there. It's been incredible action. It's been some not so incredible action. I'm here to talk about all of it. Before I get into it, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It's in the link in my bio on Instagram. I tweet it out every um, every Thursday as well. At L. Pinkney, L-P-I-N-K-N-E-E. Like, share with your friends, tag me and everything, and let me know what you think of the pod or if you have any questions for me. I might put out a mailbag this week. We right in the thick of this this NBA playoff stuff, so it might be nice to get some playoff questions off. So That's first. Uh next I'm gonna go ahead and get into some to some recent NBA news. Um pretty much this episode is just gonna be playoff stuff. So I'm gonna go over the playoff games that have happened, some of those highlights, and then I'm gonna get into the games that are gonna happen today and what I kind of see going forward. So let's get into it. First off, Zion Williamson. So the Pelicans got eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, in their seventh game in the bubble, and they looked like ass the entire time. They played zero defense. <laughs> their offense at times looked terrible. Uh, it's it was some of the most inept defensive effort I've ever seen, and Lonzo in particular looked trash. And his team just looked bad. They looked really bad. It lends itself to the fact that, or it alludes to to Alvin Gentry being fired, which I'll talk about in a second. But I want to focus on Zion for a little bit. I think everyone just needs to relax with this kid. Every analyst, every media member, and then other people who just love basketball, fans in general. It's the same thing with him. His weight. Everyone says he needs to lose weight. I think it's the laziest take you can possibly have on this kid. It's the same excuse every single time he's talked about. Anytime there's a criticism, we talk about his weight. And I think we need to approach this a little bit differently. Let me take you to baseball. Shout out to the Padres, by the way. Grand, uh, walk off Grand Slam by the boy Manny Machado getting us another dub. I know this ain't a baseball podcast, but I just got to do it for San Diego one time. When this happens in baseball, this happens with pitchers. Prospects that just start to come up in the major leagues, they end up on a pitch count. And having a pitch count means, hey, you're in this start, you're going to throw 40 pitches. No more, no less. We're taking you out. 50, 60, whatever the number is, they do that. And they obviously do that because they don't want to wear the rookie down. Now in baseball, it's a little more extreme. You're dealing with an arm. You just don't want to have to deal with overuse and potential for injuries, especially at a young age. It's, when you're dealing with prospects, there's a lot of investment in these kids. You don't want to overwork them. So why don't we do this with basketball players? I honestly think that rookies that come into the NBA shouldn't be expected to play all 82 games or even 75 or whatever number you want to put on it. I think coaches should monitor them in almost the exact same way that they monitor young, young pitchers. I mean, just imagine your high school career is basically 30-ish games college is pretty much 30ish games and then you're jumping to 82 games and then you're possibly going 90 plus if you get to the playoffs three times three times as much games that you've ever played in your life and it's not just that you're playing against the best players in the world so this isn't against this isn't 30 games against a bunch of 5'11 kids who can't guard you this is against the best competition in the world and we're expecting these kids to just come into the league and just hoop and play every single night. And you, people might argue, hey, AAU happens, you know, two to three games a, a day. Those games are bullshit. Nobody cares about those. They just put teams together. Coaches do some, some of them do some shady stuff. It's It's not a good argument for this case. Those games just really don't matter. Those guys are just the top athletes, usually end up playing together, and then most of the time they play against teams that aren't real competition. Those don't matter. I think we need to re examine this. You don't ask someone who's going to run a marathon to go from, hey, I'm going to run two minutes, and then I'm going to walk for five, and then I'm going to run for two, and I'm going to walk for five. You don't ask them to go from that, and then the next day, run a marathon because that's stupid you want progress time and effort and if you want sustainability you need baby steps in order to make that progress I think that's what should be done with Zion I think that's what should be done with rookies any rookie coming into the game going forward I don't think it's going to happen because no one's thinking this way for some reason I mean just look just look back at the example. I'm not gonna run two minutes and then walk five and then the next day expect myself to be able to just run a a straight marathon like it's nothing. I gotta work myself I gotta work myself up to that. Same thing here. Zion is a beast, the boy is spectacular, and everyone wanted to talk crap about his weight, everyone wants to criticize him. I heard none of you talk about his weight when he dropped thirty five and seven on LeBron in A D. None. In March, when he played against the Lakers 35 and 7, I didn't hear a goddamn thing. But whenever we talk about this kid, we just try to look for the easiest thing to criticize and we just point to the weight. Stop doing that. It's lazy. He's gonna get in shape. He's 19! You don't. He's got the best trainers in the world, best nutritionists in the world. You don't think he's going to find a way to probably get in shape as he gets older? Kid's not even close to his prime yet. If he's still like this when he's 25, then talk to me about his weight. But if you offer nothing more in terms of criticism, except to point out that he needs to lose some weight... Come back to me with a better argument, please. Bulls fired coach Jim Boylan. Uh, two and a half, or a season and a half, essentially, with Chicago. 39-84 overall record. It's a team with a lot of talent. He was pretty much trying to be an old-school guy with all these kids. He was. He, there was a report that he tried to uh, do a punch card <laughs> in order for the players to go to practice, which was ridiculous. Um, He was known to be a real tough-nosed guy, get in your face, um, really emphasized defense, things like that. It didn't work. Um, Obviously, this wasn't going to work. They have a new ownership group uh, led by Artunis, who came from Denver, and he's probably going to want to hire his own guy Um, as a theme coming for the other people in this that I'm going to talk about soon, but... Yeah, usually new presidents of basketball operations, GMs, they want to get their own guy. So, that's what happened in this case. The Bulls are a really nice young team with a lot of nice young talent. I like the squad. I don't think things are dire. I like their squad. Kobe White from UNC, shout out to the boy. Just cut your hair or something. He's a promising player. Shout out Wendell Carter Jr. Just stay healthy. Laurie Markkinen has taken some steps back. He went... He was going up his rookie year, and he's kind of just stagnated a little bit. We need a little bit more from him. I like Zach Levine. I don't think he's going to be there in the next two years, either this offseason or the next offseason. I think he's getting traded. $20 million seems like a lot in the NBA, but it's not really that much anymore when you have guys like Chris Paul who make 40. It's a tradable contract, and I think he could be a contributor to a team that's looking to win and needs some wing scoring. So look for Zach Levine to probably get moved in the offseason or next year. And for the Bulls to try to accelerate um, their own their own rebuilding project. And they're going to have a top five, six, seven pick again this year. They're trying to increase that youth movement. Zach is getting closer to 24, 25. He's not really in the timed t- uh, the timeline for the rest of the guys on the team. So I'd look for him to get moved. I don't know who's going to take the job. I'm not really going to speculate on guys that are going to take jobs at this point. Just because the names are always so random. Or they just bring up Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy. Or Talon Thibodeau, but can't do that anymore. Um, or Tyloo, Lue. Tyloo's I guess someone who could take the job. But yeah, let's look to see who Chicago gets. Let's see who they get in the draft if they end up making that Levine move, which I predict. And it, I, I don't think you should be. If you're a Chicago fan, I don't think you should be sad. I don't think you should be. You probably are happy that Jim Boylan's gone. Honestly, um, I like the youth movement. They should be good going forward. Vladdy Divac of the Sacramento Kings stepped down. Joe Dumars, former GM of the Detroit Pistons. uh, Detroit Pistons great, by the way. Helped them get to three straight Eastern Conference Finals and two straight NBA titles. He's going to take over in Sacramento. It's a nice... uh, They said Vladdy Divac stepped down. This is a nice way of saying he got fired. Uh, The biggest mistake he essentially made amongst all the mistakes he's made is passing up on Luka. So the Kings had the second pick. He was adamant before pre-draft and after the draft that Marvin Bagley was definitely the better player. No question about it. And he was wrong. Obviously wrong. A lot of people, including myself, knew Luka was better, knew he was the better player. You might question the fit with De'Aaron Fox, but Dallas took a chance on Luka and they had Dennis Smith Jr. So De'Aaron Fox, obviously a better player, but Luca is transcendent. We're seeing it in these playoffs right now. And I'll talk about Luka in a second. In terms of what he's done in the postseason. Uh, that was his, his biggest his biggest mistake. And now Sacramento has to deal with how they're going to deal with Bogdanovich. Buddy Hill's been coming off the bench and he doesn't want to anymore. So you have him still upset after giving him his extension. De'Aaron Fox is like, what am I doing here? Marvin Bagley can't stay healthy. It's just a mess in Sacramento once again. Hopefully, Joe D can step up and and turn something around there. I'm not sure, but we'll see. I mean, if he did draft Luka, he probably still has his job, (laughs) but he didn't. And that's where Vladi is right now. Alvin Gentry, just talked about him a little bit. He got fired from the Pelicans after five seasons, 175 and 225 overall record. He got to coach A.D. and Zion. That's a pretty sweet deal. He's going to get some TV jobs, usual type stuff, you know, or an assistant job. He's still a really good coach. He was an assistant with the Warriors before this and head coach in Phoenix. So he'll he'll get a job if he wants it. David Griffin, new GM. Uh, he looks like he just wants to find his own guy. Like I said before with Chicago, new, new leadership usually just wants to get their own guy. So that's probably what's going to happen here. I have heard Ty Lue attached to this this team, so maybe that's the guy who coach goes there. I don't see what the big deal about Ty Lue is anyway. I think if he goes to New Orleans, they'll still be aight. But, hey, you never know. Uh, it's a it's an incredibly enticing job as well. If you can get that unit to play defense, offensively they're fine. Brandon Ingram, Zion, uh, Lonzo when he's right. You got some guys who can score to basketball, facilitate, play, make defensively they just gotta pick it up they gotta find a way to pick it up but other than that you're working with a really young talented squad it'll be interesting to see what happens down there draft lottery coming up today on ESPN it's only gonna be 30 minutes long Not like the stupid hour when they have dumb interviews with kids they don't care about or like last year with Zion where they just had the camera on him the entire time and they're talking about him the entire time and he has to listen to them talk about him the entire time. I'll go over the odds right now. Warriors, Cavs, and T-Wolves all have a 14% chance to get number one. Remember we changed those odds from last year, not just 25% to the first team. First three teams have a 14% chance. Atlanta, 125 Detroit 10.5, New York Knicks 9%, Chicago 7.5, Charlotte 6, Washington 4.5, Phoenix 3, San Antonio 2, Sacramento 1.3, New Orleans 1.2, Memphis 0.5%. Now, also that Memphis pick will go to Boston if it stays at 14, which it most likely will. If it some by some miracle it jumps into the top 6 because it's top 6 protected, that pick will stay with Memphis this year and Boston gets Memphis's pick next year. We already saw how crazy this this draft lottery worked last year. We had the Lakers make a leap, and the the New Orleans Pelicans, who had like the seventh or eighth best odds, ended up getting the first overall pick. So there's no guarantee. Maybe the fact that the Knicks have like the fifth best odds or sixth best odds now means that they'll have a shot at number one. It would be a real cool draft to see them get number one. If they pick Lamelo. that would be legit. That's what I think they should do. But depending on their draft position, we'll see how it goes. Other guys to look out for, Obi Toppin, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. Those are the big names. I talked about Killian Hayes a little bit ago on one of my old pods. Listen to that in terms of a draft profile. Some talented guys out here, Tyrese Halliburton, guys like that not really that much star power there's no Zion there's no Anthony Davis there's no transcendent guy like that but there's guys who could be good to great NBA players who could turn into some really solid role players I like this draft for that so look out for those guys and we'll see it's always exciting the draft lottery is always exciting regardless of what you think about it I think it's still a little bit unnecessary but it it tries uh, tries to quell tanking in the NBA and it does help a little bit Now that they've changed the rules. And and flattened out the odds. Teams are still going to tank. But it is what it is. We'll see how it goes. Alright. Is Dame top 5. Now let me do this. I love Damian Lillard. He is a Hooper. Bonafide bubble MVP. He has been doing his thing. And I don't want to be the one to rain on his parade. Because I love him. But there's a lot of hyperbole going on there about him. On the internets. Internets. That he's now some type of top five player. We just need to enjoy the greatness, man. Enjoy the greatness and stop trying to push people into places that they aren't. Or do it prematurely just because they're on some kind of special run right now. Dame was incredible in the bubble. Incredible in game one. But to say he's already better right now. Even well, even Stephen A. was like, this is the best player in the NBA right now. If he don't shut up. LeBron. Just tell me, as, as I say these names, tell me definitively that Damian Lillard is better than these people. LeBron James. Giannis. Anthony Davis Kawhi James Harden Stephen Curry Kevin Durant All of them No doubt 100% Better than Dame And then you could throw Luka and Jokic in there and, and you might be debatable I think he's better than both those guys right now I'm putting Dame at 8 But you could definitely debate it. Dame is a savage. And he's the hottest player in the league right now. Dude, is, his numbers are ridiculous. But please just don't be a prisoner of the moment. Don't be Kenny Smith. Who tried to go on TNT. And say, I don't know if Steph can shoot deeper than Dame. Even though Steph's the one who who invented this shit. Everybody out here are his sons. Steph been out here doing this just because he's been gone for a year you're going to forget shout out to the social media postings of putting Steph stuff out there we ain't forget like I said don't be Stephen A saying that this dude's the best player in the league right now I don't want to hear it I don't think it's going to happen but Dame could go 6 for 19 tomorrow or today and have 18 points then what? Last year in the finals, he got swept by Steph's team. No, Katie. So, I mean, I love Dame. Hooper, bona fide, 100% real one. But just stop. Enjoy Dame for who he is. Continue to support him and the Blazers because they've been an incredible story to watch. But just stop with the ridiculous stuff. It's not better than Steph. They're going to be beat him one-on-one. Who cares? What kind of type of player you like, stop. He's not better than those guys I named. And the other two on the back end, you can debate. Enjoy a day for who he is. Rant over. All right, let's go ahead and look at these playoff matchups, y'all. It's been real fun. It's I actually really like the fact that we're going... From like 10.30 all the way till 6. And then the last game ends around 8 or 9. It's been incredible to watch. It's like, because the first games, traditionally, it's like that on the first game. The first Saturday, the playoffs start traditionally. That's how it is. The games start at like 9 a.m. They go all the way through the day. So having it be like this every single day to have a game on at all times while you're awake has been super dope. I love it. Raptors Nets. Game one, Raptors won 134-110. Fred Van Vliet dropped a career high 30 and pitched in 11 assists. It was a runaway. There's not much to really say much about that. Game two was a closer story, however. The Nets led for big stretches of this game. Shout out Timothy Luau Cabaret, who I liked out of the draft, who has bounced around from team to team, but it looks like he's found a little bit of a home in Brooklyn. They'd be really smart to re-sign him and just have him be a shooter and defender for this team. Karis LeVert's been hooping even though he's going to get traded next year. Jared Allen has still been hooping. I'm sorry that they signed DeAndre Jordan because Jared, you should be playing instead of him next year. But they signed him because they Katie and Kyrie wanted him, which is stupid. But Jared Allen, you've been hooping. And yeah, they ended up leading for big stretches of this game. But the Raptors found a way to come back and and they kept their poise like a a great champion does. Found a way to to take the lead late. And Brooklyn still kept it close. They had a chance to tie. But they fumbled a handoff Joe Harris to Garrett Temple. Went off a foot. Went into the backcourt. Norman Powell picked it up. Slam dunk. Game over. One hundred four ninety nine. Fred had 24. Norm had 24. They had five guys in double digits. Just the overall balance of the Raptors once again. Just showing off i predicted a sweep that prediction is looking pretty good so far if i don't say so myself but i mean the raptors have looked incredible in the bubble they looked incredible before this they've actually looked incredible the entire season we should not be surprised now for the raptors do we think they're gonna go further than this milwaukee presents a problem boston presents a problem I think, I'll tell y'all that later when the second round comes up, I won't make my prediction just yet, but Toronto has been absolutely incredible, they deserve our respect, and I praise them more than enough on this pod, I will continue to do so. Jazz Nuggets, my squad, game one, Donovan Mitchell, it was the Donovan Mitchell show, 57 big ones, are you kidding me? It was the third highest individual scoring total in NBA playoff history. NBA playoff history. So that means all the games that have ever been played in the history of playoff basketball. Third most. Insane. Elgin Baylor had 61. Michael Jordan had his 63. uh, Donovan got anywhere he wanted, whenever he wanted. And it almost hurts me every time he scores because we drafted him and we traded him. We pretty much given the Utah Jazz their team. We drafted Rudy Gobert, traded him to them. Drafted Donovan Mitchell, ended up trading him to them. Imagine this team with Donovan Mitchell too. It wouldn't be the same, but still, oh man. He, but he had to do that. He had to do all those things to keep his team in the game because the Nuggets were shooting the lights out. They shot 22 for 41 from the three point line, and that pretty much set the stage for the for the game's climax. It was Mitchell. Versus Murray now Murray was pretty much treading water throughout the first three quarters and he exploded end of the fourth and the overtime period these dudes It was a shot Makers duel. I'm telling you like green lights only Dribble moves galore step back step throughs get to the line whatever it took these dudes are hitting shots back and forth And it was incredible to see by two of the younger up-and-coming guys in this league the game ended up going into overtime And that's when Jamal Murray really took over. He tore 10 straight points. Um, Jokic hit a big three to ice the game as well. Jamal Murray had 36. It was enough to give the Nuggets the game one victory. Jokic had 29 and 10. um, And they unfortunately spoiled Donovan Mitchell's game one performance. But in game two, the Jazz returned the favor as they became the three-point monsters. And these mugs could... Not miss. Now, I know Denver's defense wasn't as good as it could have been. But before the Utah Scrubs got into the game and ruined the free, or the three-point percentage, they shot 57% from the three-point line through the first three-and-a-half quarters. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you put Michael Jordan and Kobe and Braun all in the same team. If the other squad shoots 57% from three, you ain't winning especially with the amount of attempts that NBA teams take now. You're not winning that game. So Utah was just incredibly hot. They tried the Nuggets to double-team Mitchell, get more attention on him. Didn't work. Still dropped 30, had a bunch of assists, and was able to find guys. Joe Engel showed up. Royce O'Neal showed up. And Jordan Clarkson was not cold this time. He ended up showing up. But Michael Porter Jr. ended up throwing up today. He had 28 points. Uh, it was tough because uh, some of that came when when the game got a little bit out of hand. But he was doing his best to keep the team in it. He was hitting shots and they were down 15, 12, 11, 10, things like that. He still had some defensive miscues, but you could tell the coaches were talking to him. He was more active on that end. He had a really good closeout. Was able to to, to read the defense a little bit better. And the coverages and the, the effort was there so at least that's there and you can see the potential for the kid 28 points scoring easy he just doesn't have the wiggle in his game yet he still needs a get a better handle a quicker handle in order to get to the basket and get by guys right now he really relies on his jump shot and it's because it's the easiest thing for him to do eventually um, Kenny Smith did a good thing uh, had a good comparison in terms of Jason Tatum he's Jason Tatum without the handle if he turn if he gets the handle eventually Man, oh man, because this kid's gonna be special. And I hate it, and I hope a lot of you out there watching my team can start to understand my frustration. We run zero plays for this dude. Zero. And he still drops buckets. We had so many different actions with Mason Plumley and Oh man. And Monte Morris just pick and roll to death and we had guys shooting threes they shouldn't because we're 15th in the league in three-point percentage. But this kid is the the leading three-point shooter amongst rookies, and we just don't get him the ball. It's just Murray and Jokic two-man game to death, and when it doesn't work, look what happens. Run a dribble handoff. Give this kid a screen, a pin down, something. I mean... He ran one handoff with Jokic, got by on free throw jumper, good. Easy. Why don't you do that more? Do it more. But, I mean, hey, he's got to earn that. And they have taken away his offensive rebounding, which has taken away some of his easy shots. But if you're Coach Malone, why are you making this so hard? Just run a couple plays for the kid. We're not asking you to give it to him every single possession. But I don't need Jokic and Murray Two-man dribble handoff. Pick and rolls every time. They figured it out today. You need a plan B. Run more plays for Michael Porter Jr. That's it. And that should be the adjustment for game three. Also on those screen and rolls. Go under and defend the shot. If they're going to make 200 more threes. And we're contesting. Fine. But don't give up automatic rolls to the bucket. Donovan Mitchell splits. And just blatant double teams where he can just find an open man easy. Don't do that. I'm sorry, y'all. I had to go in on my team a little bit. But that's the series. It's 1-1. It's going to go 6 or 7, like I said before. It's going to be a good series. And Mike Conley's coming back for Utah. So that's going to help their chances even more. We'll see how it goes. Celtics Sixers, not really much to talk about in this one. It's pretty much been the Jason Tatum show. Celtics won by eight, Jason Tatum finished with 32 and 13 after game one, 26 and 16 for Embiid, but obviously wasn't enough. Second game was more of the same, topping off his, his game one performance with a career high. 33 in game two, Embiid did even better in this game with 36 and 10, but obviously it still wasn't enough because the big man has no help. Let me rephrase that. He has help, he has the incorrect help. This roster is a mess, I hate it. I hated how it was constructed in the off season, I hated how so many pick- people picked them in the offseason. They signed Al Horford. Why did they sign Al Horford? Gave him $100 million. Why did you do that? And they gave him a fourth year at that. Why would you give him a fourth year? He's 34. He's old. Doesn't make sense for him to be on that team. You already have him beat. Spend that money somewhere else. $100 million Al Horford in 23 minutes. Gave you four points in game two. Absolutely terrible. Hundred and eighty million dollar Tobias Harris, you know what he gave you? Fourteen or excuse me, thirteen points in four fifteen shooting. Two hundred and eighty million dollars. They gave you seventeen points. I'm I'm at a loss for words. Even with Ben Simmons, I don't think I think Philly still would have had issues. I still would have picked Boston. But, obviously, without Ben Simmons, it's it's become more and more evident. And the Celtics don't even have Gordon Hayward right now. And they're up 2-0. This series is going to end pretty quick. I commend Philly a little bit for trying to tinker with their roster. With Shake Milton and and, Ho- and Josh Richardson trying to be uh, good fill-ins. But it's not enough. Philly going to be out of this pretty quick. They're going to fire Brett Brown. And hopefully... They find a way to pick between Simmons and Embiid. Now, I would pick Embiid. And I've told you where I think Ben Simmons should go. Listen to the older pods. you find out. We'll see what they do. But Celtics got a a stranglehold on the series. They're going to make quick work of of this. It's going to be done pretty soon. Clippers-Mavs, the last game last night. I'll talk about their game one first, though. They got some help. The refs kicked out Chris Stapps on some weak-ish. Despite Luka having 42 in his first playoff game, it came with 11 turnovers. Kawhi led the way with 29-12. PG chipped in 27 himself. They got the game-one victory. Now, Luka and the Mavs came out with a lot more urgency in this game, too. They jumped out to an 18-2 lead. That's how you can tell they came out with more urgency, obviously. Luka had 28-8-7 in this game. And they were 13-25 of from the three-point line. And like the Nuggets and the Jazz in their games, the teams that have won the three-point battles, the Mavericks did the same in this one. Key stretch came beginning of the fourth quarter. Luka committed a dumb foul, had to come out of the game with his fifth. During that stretch, over the next six minutes, Clippers could not put a dent in the league. They pretty much played them even. If Luka's out of the game, you got to do more than just play them even. Tim Hardaway Jr. stepped up. Darrell Wright really stepped up with some big plays. Seth Curry doing his thing. Shout out Chris Stapps as well. They couldn't put a dent in the score, and that ultimately made the difference. Now, Paul George, incredible in Game 1. Playoff P did not show up in Game 2. Finished with 14 points on 4 of 17 shooting. Kawhi went off with 35, but the Clippers found it such a high rate, they couldn't really find any flow throughout the game, and they just didn't have enough energy to withstand that Dallas run. They were just shooting too well. So the Clippers got a series on their hands now. But we knew that going in. We knew Luca was gonna to be tough. And a certain person on a certain network is probably relishing in the fact that the Clippers lost a playoff game. A playoff game. But won't we'll talk about his squad. But we'll we'll save that for later. I still think it's done in five. I think the Clippers are gonna end up bearing down in this series. If it goes six, who cares? It's six. They still win the series. But I think it's gonna be done in five. I, or excuse me I amend it I'm gonna say six because I think Dallas has one more of these in them I think they have one more really good shooting game in them but ultimately the Clippers are just deeper better team they're gonna bear down they're gonna figure something out defensively I got them winning in six but it was a nice series or it's gonna be a nice series it was a nice bounce back game too for 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 Dallas and I'm excited to see how they continue to play Hey, Magic Bucks, shout out to the boy Nick Vuk. Shout out USC, 35-14 in Game 1 against Milwaukee in the upset. They held Giannis to 31-17-7. That's it, only 31-17-7. It wasn't enough because none of Giannis' teammates helped him. Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, the usual suspects. They had 15-14 and respectively. Their subpar performance cost them this Game 1. And it cost them this sweep. I thought they would sweep. They're 1-5. No concerns with Milwaukee at all. Um, we like to. I'll save it for later. I'm sorry. I have no concerns with Milwaukee. I don't expect the Bucks to have any issues going forward. They'll be just fine. Heat Pacers. Indiana fought incredibly hard. But Jimmy Butler iced the game with two big-ass threes down the stretch. And he finished the game with 28. Goran Drogic had 24. Bam led the way with his usual all-around game, 17, 10, and 6. Brogdon and TJ Warren had 22. But uh, Victor Oladipo injured his eye, and he's questionable for game two. It it didn't help him, obviously, for game one. Jimmy Butler closed that thing out. If they want any type of shot, they're going to need Oladipo to play, and they're going to need him to play well. He's been snake-bitten with these injuries so far. It's really unfortunate. They're going to need Miles Turner to step up. Sabonis ain't there, so Miles Turner needs to be that guy he was who deserves this large extension. Let's see if he steps up. If he does, I think Indiana can take a game. I still have the heat in this series. Thunder Rockets. Now, game one was trash. Not close at all. James Harden, 37-11. Doing James Harden things, doing whatever he wanted. A surprising 22 points from Jeff Green. Where the hell is that? Jeff Green will probably have four points in the next game. That's just how Jeff Green is. Rockets knocked down 23s overall, and the Thunder had no answer all game. Gallinari had 29. CP3 almost had a triple-double. And they out-rebounded Houston by 17. But as a team overall, they only shot 44% and were minus 5 in turnovers. Now, this is something I complained about with the Rockets and why I don't think they'll be able to win a title. But they could probably get past the Thunder doing this ridiculous strategy. They need to find a way to stop Houston a little bit more. they got to stop the easy points and the fast break points. Houston really got off on that. But I'm not going to re-overreact to this one too much. I still think the Thunder get game too. And now, for your main event, you have a 6-2 guard, maybe, from Weber State, the bubble MVP, Damian Lillard. And number 23. 68260. From St. Vincy, St. Vincent St. Mary High School in Akron, Ohio. Number 23. LeBron James, the Lakers, and the Trailblazers. So much fun. Now, as fun as it would be to give all you Laker fans all of the shit. Because let me tell you, I revel in it. I love it being a guy who grew up here in Southern California and not being a Lakers fan. Anytime something bad happens to y'all, it's incredible, but I still have take integrity here. I will still be objective, even though I will still give your team crap whenever I can. I'm not concerned at all. My original stance, has just always been that they are not above criticism and if you take LeBron and AD off this squad you just got a bunch of misfits so it's going to be paramount it's going to be imperative of Frank Vogel to find ways to get more out of the guys he has on his roster I did not know Avery Bradley was all of a sudden like Michael Cooper also a reference for y'all Or I didn't know Avery Bradley was suddenly just like new age, like Paul George. Because he's a guy who shoots okay threes and is a good defender. But he's the reason y'all are losing. No, it's not. Y'all was bad at shooting before this. Don't just act like Avery Bradley would have fixed everything. And is Kyle Kuzma still saying you can shoot over Jesus? I don't know. I'm just saying. (sighs) Shout out Damian Lillard went off. More Dame magic again it was definitely the Dame time. 34 points. Lakers could not buy a bucket from downtown. They shot 5 of 31 from 3. And the internet could not stop clowning KCP and D- Danny Green. KCP only one point. It was atrocious. AD only 2 points in the 4th quarter. And despite LeBron's incredibly historic triple-double, him and AD missed 4 straight free throws in Down the stretch. And that was at a critical point of the game. They could not recover. Melo clutch 3. Gary Trent clutch 3. Dunk for Nurkic at the end of the game. Sealed it over. Blazers up 1-0. Now. I didn't care who the Lakers played. From whoever was going to make the matchup. I was assuming 4 or 5. But. Those concerns you guys had. In the bubble. They're still concerns now. Probably play Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith more. Get some more shot creating and just overall shooting. And have LeBron be more assertive from the jump. Let him, let him He needs to let the Blazers know they do not belong in the same league as the Los Angeles Lakers. This has been the best team in the West the entire season. Portland is 27th in the league in defense. You should not have any issues scoring. At no point... In any fourth quarter for the rest of these games, should there be a seven in front of the Lakers score? Y'all should be in the 90s at least every fourth quarter from here on out. And tell Anthony Davis to wake up. Stop hanging on the perimeter. Those threes looked good when they went in, didn't they? But tell me what percentage he shoots from three. Like 32%. So he'll shoot three, he'll make one of them, maybe. But his big ass is 6'10", 6'11". What a handle. Who can take anyone on that Portland front line. Get your ass in the post. Get your ass in the mid post. And dominate this game. Like I said, I'm not concerned. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I'll talk about that a little more in terms of what I'm looking for in the next couple games. So hang tight a little bit. But it was fun to see y'all, Laker fans, shake a little bit. All right, what I'm looking for in the next games: How do the Nuggets respond? Only two series have split their games so far. The Nuggets and the Jazz are one of them, um, and the Nuggets have given up two huge offensive performances to to the Jazz. How do they address this? Um, what, are they gonna run plays for Michael Porter Jr.? I hope so. But the biggest key for Denver is consistency. Consistency on the defensive end, finding a way to guard these pick and rolls and not leaving these Jazz shooters so open. They're gonna shoot a lot of threes, but, but but contest them, please. And Jamal Murray, I talked about it. If I if I was just coming off the game one high, then I would have been man. He was that was the best game I've seen Jamal play. Down the stretch, he just took over and dominated. He's the reason we won that game. But he had 14 yesterday. And that's always been my concern with him. He'll look great. He'll look aggressive. He'll want and hunt his shot in one game. In the next game, he won't. We need Jamal Murray to show up. Because Jokic is going to show up. Jokic is going to find a way to show up. He's eating Rudy Gobert up alive, So he'll show up. I need Jamal to live up to that max contract that we gave him. And I need Coach Malone To run more plays For Michael Porter Jr The best shooter on this team Without a doubt If you're the Grizzlies You get Mike Conley back That'll be nice for your offense So now Donovan Mitchell Doesn't have to make Every decision Continue to use that Pick and roll Work off Of Jokic Until they figure out How they want to stop it And pretty much go from there Utah you're in a good spot Lakers Lakers what do y'all do? <laughs> Please just go at these Blazers. Like I said before, LeBron, start the game from the jump. Be aggressive. Go at these dudes. Put Deion Waiters and Jared Smith in the game. Find a way to probably get Kuzma off early. He's a young kid. I don't think he's that good, but he's on the Lakers, so we're going to talk about him. But if you want him to contribute, you have to find a way to get him involved early. And then let them be one of the leading scorers or focal points through parts of the second and third quarters when you have a LeBron or 80 sit. But you need your guys to make shots. Five for thirty-one, you're gonna lose every time. Portland is twenty-seventh in defense. Scoring should not be an issue for you. Play a little more defense on the other end. You've seen all the highlights come up on Dame screens. You should win this game. Rockets-Thunder, I'm expecting a huge turnaround from the Thunder. I think they're going to clamp, not clamp down, but they'll have a better defensive strategy against Houston. They'll get back. They won't be giving up as many easy buckets. They'll be able to contest the threes a little bit more. I don't know if the Houston Rockets are going to shoot that well. And Jeff Green's not dropping 22 again. I expect SGA and CP to go off in this next one. I see the Thunder tying it up. Giannis and LeBron, I think they're both going to go for 30-plus in their big wins tonight. Orlando, shout out to you for for coming up with a way to hold Giannis to 31 points. But I don't think it's going to be enough for today. I think LeBron is also going to go off today. Both one seeds will get everything back on track. The world will be normal and everyone will stop overreacting. And the Lakers will act like they won a championship after winning game two. But let's do this. I will close with this before I get to the random NBA shout out. But let's do this. Please. Stop overreacting to one game. Now, I know we're fans. We love to just hinge on every possession. And we're so invested to every shot, turnover, whatever, because it's the playoffs. It's heightened. Everything matters. Yes, it obviously does. But these are seven game series. You drop a game, you move on. Because anything could happen. Just look at the Jazz and the Nuggets. The Jazz went from shooting thirty percent to fifty percent from the three-point line. Two different games. You can't always take everything from one game and just extrapolate that to the rest of the series. Each game is a mini-series within itself, and and series don't really even start till three or four. When you game three and four, when you start to play at each other multiple times you're game planning you know what the other team's gonna run that's when series really start to happen so stop overreacting enjoy these series as fans and continue to to have fun with it it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great NBA playoff y'all I'm so glad that NBA basketball is back let's let's continue to not just hinge on every single game but enjoy them as fans and continue to move forward that way Random NBA shout out for the player. Salute Amari Stoudemire, Shout out to the boy Amari. Got drafted No. 2 out of high school. Averaged 19 8 per game for the Phoenix Suns and New York Knicks mainly. Did play a little bit for the Mavericks and the Miami Heat as well. Six time All Star, five times All NBA, and the 0 3 Rookie of the Year. Was part of those incredible Suns teams in the 2000s who were running guns seven seconds or less. Love those squads. He has one of the best blocks of all time against Tim Duncan. He bends his hand all the way back, almost goes into the rim, rejects his shit, look it up. And was a dunking machine. Phenom. Get out the jumped out the gym. Blake Griffin before Blake Griffin. And then he went over to Jerusalem in 2016. And in 2020 he played for Maccabee Tel Aviv over in Israel and they actually won a 2020 title and he got finals MVP honors. So shout out to Amare. Salute to him for his hustle to continue to play and, and do his thing out there. And just go watch some Amari Stoudemire highlights, man. It's it's incredibly fun to watch. And you won't be disappointed. He was a monster when he was playing. Was injured a lot when, during his career, which was unfortunate. But when he played, he could hoop. So shout out to Amari Stoudemire. All right, guys. I want to thank you again for listening to the Good Look Podcast. I'm your host, Leonard Pinkney, a.k.a. Agent P, a.k.a. L. Pinkney. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the pod. Share it with your peoples. Let me know what you think um tag me on instagram twitter all that stuff i really appreciate y'all for listening more playoff hoops um i'm probably gonna put out a mailbag so any nba questions just go on my instagram and and ask me something and we'll go from there can't wait to see what goes on from here y'all thank you for listening again hope you have a good one